Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan. Wants to buy your seed? Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, canola futures remained volatile while one-week contract had a small rally. There's a window of opportunity for Canadian pea exports as... Uh, excuse me, as India has temporarily removed all restrictions on importing field peas. The marathon voting in Ottawa, meantime, is ongoing as the Tories are putting pressure on the Liberal government to remove the carbon tax from all forms of home heating, and Sask Tips needs help in solving a November case of a deer being shot and left to waste. The farm, the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag today on 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Volatile would be the best word to describe how canola prices are right now. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Piccolo, says the January canola contract is down approximately $6 a ton this week to around $675. Now that was down quite a bit more just a couple days ago with canola rallying yesterday and today about $25 a ton. So uh, just on Wednesday, we did reach a low of 647.20 and it does seem like we've maybe kind of reversing a little bit uh, from those levels right now. Today's USDA report is kind of going to be the main focus kind of for traders. So looking at uh, canola and just some of the other grains too, uh, soybean oil and soybeans have been increasing from kind of uh, where they were a few days ago as well too. It uh, seems like that the U.S. supply tightness uh, is giving a bit of an edge to the bull camp on the bean side. Uh, So I think that's kind of why we're seeing a bit of a rally there uh, as well, helping canola. So potential rain in Brazil uh, kind of does remain up in the air next week. Uh, so I think, you know, it, that's something that people will keep watching as well, too. But right now, it seems the bulls have uh, a little bit more of an edge uh, kind of given the market conditions. The March Minneapolis wheat contract increased $0.08 cents a bushel this week at about $7.38. Bacallo says it's enjoyed a small rally recently. 
the March contract reached a low of 697.5 back on November 27th. Um, and again, we're sitting at about 637. So that's, uh, that's a dollar kind of rally almost that we're kind of coming up to kind of in the next little bit here. And it seems that there has just been kind of fun short covering right now. And the, actually the largest uh, export sales this week since 2014 uh, for Chicago wheat. So that is, you know, a pretty bullish factor. And Chicago wheat in particular actually has increased from 560 to about 637. So about 80 cents there uh, that we've kind of seen. And that hasn't translated into Minneapolis wheat rallying as much. But as I said, it has kind of increased over the last couple of weeks here. One thing Bacallo was observing was the Stats Canada Crop Production Estimate released earlier this week. For him, there weren't any surprises when it came to canola. The canola production came in at that about 18.3 million tons. And that does seem kind of in line with what I was kind of looking at is around that 18 mark, which was more than kind of last report. Again, kind of my barometer is just talking with clients. And, you know, at the beginning of the the crop season, everybody thought the the crop was going to be a really a disaster. And then every most i should say said that things turned out better than they expected and you know at some people i heard even record numbers obviously there's some that just in certain areas just didn't get any of the rains but uh for the most part the kind of the little bit higher of a number doesn't uh, didn't kind of surprise me on kind of the the national side for that 18.3 million tons he also provided his thoughts on the bank of canada keeping its key interest rate at 5% Here in Canada, we have some of the highest household debt compared to any major economy uh, in the G7. So that's where I do believe that Bank of Canada is going to start cutting rates uh, within the next one to two years. I I do think next year they will start doing it somewhat, potentially just seeing some of the cracks that higher rates are causing on the consumer um, and just the economy in in general. So the Fed in the U.S., the BOC in Canada have been talking to get inflation under control. That's their biggest concern. And we've, we've seen a lot of evidence that inflation has already, uh, you know, kind of peaked and started to even come down, actually. So uh, I think central banks pausing now, they're going to kind of see really what their policy has been is going to do here, some of the ripple effects. And that's where I do think that we're going to start to see cutting. So I've been even talking to clients about opportunities other than GICs and things like that, because rates like that or savings account interest rates are going to start going down here, I believe. And uh, But there's other opportunities, I think, for investors to to lock in really good rates, actually. Another USDA report today is something Bacallo will look at, as he believes it will set the tone for the rest of the year. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the other side of the break. We'll hear a feature from Kevin Hirsch about uh, India temporarily removing all import restrictions on field peas. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. India has temporarily removed all of its import restrictions on field peas. As a result, yellow pea prices have seen an immediate improvement. Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com, 
talked with Greg Sherowick, president of Pulse Canada. Take a step back and provide the context here. So in uh, the fall of, of uh, 2017 and around November, tariffs on all pulses were lifted to their maximum levels from all origins. And then shortly after that into 2018, on peas in particular, some additional restrictions were applied. And those additional restrictions included minimum price restrictions, uh, port of entry restrictions, and a quantitative restriction. The quantitative restriction limited imports to 150,000 tons. The minimum price restriction applied at 200 rupee per kilogram uh, minimum price. So effectively, it really closed the door to tea imports from all origins. What we've seen happen here over the course of the last two days is a lifting of all of those restrictions from December 8th today through to the end of March, so March 31st, 2024. So with the restrictions in place, our pea exports from Canada to India were virtually nil, correct? Yes, they were very low. I mean, this was a market that we served over a million tons to, you know, for the five years prior to 2017, we were in the range of 1.3 million tons uh, and it dropped down to very little, you know, in 2018 forward. With a very limited time frame on this, will will there be a rush to get product into India? Is there much hope that the extension will go beyond that uh, stated end date? It's hard to say. Um, in, in our experience uh, with India, we've seen, and you can maybe recall over the course of the last few years, uh, the changes in, in import policy related to, to lentils. We've seen those those policies change every three months, and then more recently, we've seen them extend that uh, current policy of zero tariff all the way through to March 2024. So it was a much longer period, recognizing that it was important to send strong signals to the marketplace that they were open for business. So you know, it, it's hard to say, Kevin, if if this policy will uh, we we know it will expire on March 31st, 2024. 24. It's hard to say whether or not it'll be extended. We will just have to wait and see. So we'll see it probably a scramble for exporters to access that market while they know it's open? Yeah, I think it's safe to say there's, there's going to be a lot of work done over the course of the, last, uh, of the next month to make sure that product can be sourced and positioned and, and be on route to India so that it can clear prior to March 31st. It's a fairly narrow window, but Canada can deliver on that. It would take roughly 60 to 65 days to execute on a sale like that. So, okay, so the, any price improvement may be short-lived depending upon whether or not this ex- is extended. Yeah, it, it's like I said, it's difficult to know um, whether or not we're going to see an extension here. Um, there's a lot of factors at play. I mean, we all understand that governments everywhere in the world are doing everything they can to ensure that food remains affordable. So this is clearly one of the motivators behind ensuring that you remove any barriers to trade so that uh, so that you can maintain, at least in this case, uh, staple sources of protein at affordable prices and ensure that there's availability year-round. Um, and then there's also the factor of, of uh, production in India, of course. We've had you know, a, a difficult tariff season here with respect to El Nino effects, and, and those effects extend on through to the Ravi season here as well. So everybody's keeping an eye on, on production in India and, and looking at 
whether or not there'll be sufficient supplies of staple, you know, pulse crops coming off in April. So, you know, all of these things are factors, things to watch for, and they'll give us a little bit more um, of an idea of what we might be able to expect post March 31st, 2024. That being said, um, you know, our the pattern over the past has been that, you know, we'll see these extensions uh, provided with very short notice and potentially over short periods of time. We're, of course, strong advocates for, for clarity, for certainty, for predictability. You know, it's our belief, and, and it's not just us, it's the global pulse community believes that those kind of signals are important to farmers globally. And ultimately, you know, that's in the best interest of everybody in the pulse value chain, including consumers. That's Greg Jurowick, president of Pulse Canada. Waiting in the Wings is today's Ag Review with Doug Faulkner. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. An amendment to reduce Bill C-234 Sunset Clause by five years was tabled in the Senate last night. This would align it with the deadline on the Liberal government's heating oil carbon price exemption. Bill C-234 proposes exempting fuels for grain drying from the price on carbon. It was recently amended to remove fuels for barn and greenhouse heating from the proposed exemptions. The amendment, if passed, would reduce the bill's sunset clause to three years from eight. Senator David Wells, who sponsored the bill in the Senate, spoke in opposition to the amendment. He said that while in committee debates in the House of Commons, MPs had agreed to reduce the sunset clause from ten years to eight. China has done most of the heavy lifting when it comes to Canadian canola exports through the first three months of the 2023-24 marketing year, according to the latest international trade data released Wednesday. Statistics Canada reported canola exports through October at 1.566 million metric tons, with China accounting for 64% of the total, 1.006 million tons. Japan and Mexico followed at 273,300 tons and 196,900 tons, respectively. Several other countries who were also major buyers in 2022-23 have not yet shown up in the current crop year data. Pakistan and Bangladesh have both not bought any Canadian canola in 2023-24 after accounting for just over 110,000 metric tons combined at the same time a year ago. The United Arab Emirates have cut their purchases by 33% to 37,400 metric tons, and the 19,200 metric tons shipped to the United States was down by 58%. Provincial or federal government intervention is still on the table if the Grocery Code of Conduct doesn't have every major retailer on board. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley says he'll be meeting next week with Industry Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne and Provincial Ministers to discuss all possible options. 
Yesterday, the top executives of Canada's big grocery chains appeared before the Commons Agriculture Committee to discuss stabilizing food prices and why they haven't signed the Voluntary Code of Conduct. Walmart Canada CEO Gonzalo Gabara says his company is not in a position to commit at this time. Meanwhile, Loblaw Chairman Galen Weston says he's worried the code will give too much power to large multinational manufacturers during negotiations. Canadian food prices are expected to rise between 2.5 and 4.5% in 2024, according to a new report. The food bill for a family of four is estimated at $16,297.20, an increase of $701.79 compared to 2023. The report is produced by Dalhousie University, the University of Guelph, the University of British Columbia, and the University of Saskatchewan. Sylvain Charlebois, project lead professor and director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University, says this reflects two major disruptions the global pandemic and the war in Ukraine, having been largely absorbed by global food markets. Grocers are responding to the return of some stability by running promotions and generally engaging in stiffer competition. Last year's report forecast a 5 to 7% increase in food prices in 2023. CN Rail has signed and closed an agreement to acquire Iowa Northern Railway as of this past Wednesday. Iowa Northern operates about 275 track miles in Iowa, connecting to CN's U.S. rail network, serving the upper Midwest agricultural and industrial markets, including biofuels and grain. CN says the transaction represents a meaningful opportunity to support the growth of local business by creating single-line service to North American destinations while preserving access to existing carrier options. The transaction closed into an independent voting trust pending regulatory review of the transaction by the U.S. Surface Transportation Board, or STB. The financial details were not disclosed. An STB decision regarding the transaction is expected in 2024. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Folk. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. In Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, what the forecast looks like at this point in the day, kind of looks pretty good, uh, clear skies and uh, some reasonable temperatures. Yeah, we're, we're on the way down, unfortunately, but certainly not uh, a free fall by any means. Uh, it took a while to drop, and that, aside from the fact that the core of the heavier precipitation stayed east of us, uh, that slower drop meant that really was not a major storm for us, and now as the storm continues to pull away, we do see a pretty decent stretch of weather ahead, mostly quiet conditions. The wind's still up, though, so we can't really call it truly quiet until we get past this gusty wind, but we will do that. 
as the uh, day goes on into tonight, we'll see the uh, gusty winds diminish, and then overall the sustained winds will follow as they become lighter through the night, and especially through the day tomorrow, mostly a uh, calm wind by uh, later in the day tomorrow and tomorrow night. start to pick back up a bit, but not as strong as today. We've seen the gusts close to 45 kilometers per hour. That's still a risk through the next couple of hours, and then we'll back the gusts down to 40 and progressively lower as the uh, night goes on. For tonight, clearing sky will drop off to minus 7. As I mentioned, not a free fall by any means. Uh, it's a slightly cooler air mass that's building in, but it's cooler relative to the unusual warmth. So what we end up with is still above normal, minus 2 the high tomorrow with a mix of cloud and sunshine. And then on Saturday night and Sunday, it drops off a little more at night with a clear sky and that light wind will make it down to around minus 12. Wind chill not a huge factor with the light wind. And through the day on Sunday, still at minus 2. There is some cool air trying to get in. There's also some warm air trying to get in. And as a result of that, we're likely going to end up with consistent temperatures in spite of the fact that air masses are moving. They're just going to be moving, I think, in such a way, these, um, this warm air and, and cool air move in such a way that the cool air moves in at night and the warm air moves in during the day. And what we'll notice is no change from day to day. Abundant sunshine, pretty close to minus two. There's a chance if the timing is off a little, we get a few degrees warmer one day, a few degrees cooler one day, but in that zero to minus four range each day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Thank you very much, Phil. The normal highs for this period are minus seven, normal lows minus 19 degrees. Sun rose at 8.46 this morning, and the sun will set at around 4.55 late this afternoon once again. Taking a look around the province in Estevan and Yorkton, minus 1. Swift Current in Saskatoon, minus 4. Weyburn is at minus 2 degrees. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Valmarie at around 0, 0.4 degrees. The cold spot, meantime, is in Island Falls at minus 10.4. In Regina, mostly cloudy, winds from the north-northwest at 30 kilometers an hour, humidity at 85%, temperature minus 3 degrees or 27 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.3, and rising. Down the road in Moose Jaw, cloudy sky, northwest wind at 24, temperature minus 2. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy, north-northwest wind at 30, temperature minus 3 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. People in the House of Commons are looking a little haggard, as the federal Tories have been using delaying tactics to prevent MPs from hitting the holiday trail in the hopes of forcing the Liberal government to remove the carbon tax from all home heating. Tory MP Melissa Lanceman demanded during yesterday's question period that the tax be removed. While these Liberals fight for a few extra days of Christmas vacation, we're going to fight for Canadians, and then we'll send the Prime Minister on the permanent vacation that Canadians desperately want him to take. Why won't they ask the tax for families, for farmers, for First Nations, for good? Natural Resource Minister Jonathan Wilkinson replied that 98% of farm fuel emissions are currently unaffected by carbon pricing. Farmers, though, are 
on the front lines of climate change. They understand the critical importance of addressing the climate issue. There are many factors that are contributing to the rise of food prices in Canada and around the world, including the war in Ukraine. While the Conservatives continue to vote against Ukraine and oppose the free trade agreement they need in their fight against Russia, we are taking action to reduce and ensure affordability for Canadians and support the government of Ukraine. Landsman made it clear what her party was planning. Families, farmers, First Nations from across Canada are struggling because of this Prime Minister's ideological carbon tax crusade. Food bank usage is up 100%, and today we learned that the average grocery bill will go up by $700 next year. His senators are blocking relief for Canadians struggling to eat. First Nations communities are taking him to court because of this carbon tax. Conservatives have proposed a motion to axe the tax, and will stay here as long as as it takes. So will the Liberals finally listen to Canadians and vote with us to, to scrap the punishing carbon tax? Wilkinson says carbon pricing is an important part of a climate plan. One that addresses affordability concerns. The vast majority of Canadians receive more money in the rebate than they pay in the price of pollution. The only group to benefit from the Conservative plan to end the, the, the climate program, to end the rebate, are the top 20% of earners who almost everyone else gets poorer for their plan. The Conservatives are fighting for the rich. They are not fighting for Canadians who are concerned about affordability. The carbon price is both a climate measure and an affordability measure. The tactics could go well into this evening. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is Sask Tips needing help to solve a November case. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Sask Tips needs the public's help in solving a case of a mule deer left to waste. Sask Tips Communication Coordinator and Conservation Officer Cody Osborne noted Regina Conservation Officers received a call about it on November 4th. The location of the deer was approximately 13 kilometers southwest of Milestone, Saskatchewan. And it's believed that the deer was shot the evening of Friday, November 3rd or the morning of Saturday, November 4th. So whoever shot it didn't make any effort to to retrieve it or take the antlers or meat or anything like that. So it was completely left to waste. So officers need your help determining who may be responsible for that one. Osborne tells us how to leave a tip that can help with this case or reporting a hunting-related offense in general. If anyone has any information about who may be responsible or, or if they saw anything suspicious in the area around that time, uh, they can call the tip line at 1-800-667-7561. Or if you have a SaskTel cell phone, you can just dial pound 5555. And I'll get you in contact with the dispatchers who will take the information down and let an officer know. You can remain completely anonymous. And if you choose to give uh, your name, uh, your name will be kept confidential and not be released. And you may be eligible for a cash reward of up to $2,000. Cody Osborne is the Sask Tips Communication Coordinator and Conservation Officer. Coming up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is up $6 at 631.02. 
Number one red spring wheat is down 29 cents at 326.14. The rest were unchanged. Durham 459.03, feed barley 262.58, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 631.04, lentils 797.50, oats 296.32, yellow peas 391.05, feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is unchanged at $7.37 and a quarter cents a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Good afternoon. This is Travis Platt with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. This past week, we had another good run of cows and bulls with just over 400 head showing up. Them good cows are $1.20 to $1.30 with sales up to $1.37. The medium cows are $1 to $1.20 and them older counter cows are selling from $70 to a buck. Them good bulls are $1.30 to $1.40 with sales up to $1.44. Next week, we'll be having our last pre-sorted sale Tuesday, December 12th and our last regular sale Thursday, December 14th. As well as on Thursday, December 14th at 1 o'clock, we will be having our last bread sale of the year, and we will be having three herd dispersals coming that day. We'll have 75 good red, red Simmental cross cows, 20 good black Angus cows, as well as another 150 cows coming from one owner. If you have any other questions or marketing concerns, don't be afraid to give us a call at 692-2385. This is Travis Platt reporting the Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. The latest pork prices are at $174.41 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Sask Power announced that the federal carbon tax rate rider on customers' bills will increase by an average of 0.5% starting in the new year. This comes as the federal carbon tax applied to Crown Corporation's carbon emissions will increase from $65 to $80 per ton of CO2 emissions. The carbon tax increase will be charged on everything except electric heating, and the amount charged per customers will vary depending on their power consumption and rate class. The average residential customer will see an increase of $5 during the year, bringing their total federal carbon tax bill to $85. The average farm customer will see an increase of $13 for a total federal carbon tax bill of $238 in 2024. On the markets, the TSX is up 11 points at 20,289. The Dow is up 17 points to 36,184. 134 rather. Oil is up $1.71 at $71.05 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.60 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Sask Ag Today for this Friday. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.